Welcome to Co-Designed, a podcast looking at teaching, learning, and the student experience. Co-Designed is a podcast brought to you by the Center for Teaching and Learning on the Manchester campus of Southern New Hampshire University. For more information or with any questions, please contact ctl at snhu.edu. Today's original opening theme music is Chill Vibe, recorded and created by Madison Blazjowski, a sport management major from Old Weathersfield, Connecticut. In this episode of Co-Designed, senior communication major and co-host Amanda Goyette interviews Diego Nocetti, Dean of the School of Business, Kyle Viator, Dean of the School of Engineering, Technology, and Aeronautics, and Ben Cole, Dean of the School of Arts, Sciences, and Education. Good morning, everybody. My name is Amanda Goyette. I am the co-producer of this co-design podcast, and today I'm joined with the deans here at Southern New Hampshire University. So if you guys want to just introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background information, that would be awesome. Thank you for having us, first of all. Uh, My name is Kyle Vieter. I'm the Dean of the School of Engineering, Technology, and Aeronautics. Uh, This month being September marks my 13th year here on campus. I worked at the School of Business for eight years before transitioning over to CETA when uh, SNHU brought those programs over from Daniel Webster College. Uh, So thank you again for having me. Of course. My name's Ben Cole. I'm the Dean of the School of Arts, Sciences, and Education. And I came here um, after 11 years at Simmons University in Boston, where I was a political science professor and then uh, an associate dean. Hi, thank you for having us. My name is Diego Nocetti. I am the Dean in the School of Business. Um, I am originally from Argentina. So the first thing you should know about me is that I know a lot about soccer. Uh, I came from Argentina in 1999 to do a master's in business administration. Um, Then from there, I worked for a bit. I started a PhD in economics. And right after that, I started working for Clarkson University in upstate New York. I worked there for 17 years, 15 years as an economics professor, and the last two years as the dean in the School of Business there. That's awesome. So I want to start this podcast off with what is a dean and what do deans do? Because I know I didn't know the answer to this before coming into today, and I want students and faculty to know the answer. So Mm -hmm. take it away. Well, we were here hoping that you could tell us. (laughs) (laughs) There are the things you can find on a job description, right? That we are the academic leads of our respective units, that we charter the course for our academic departments and our majors. But probably the most important thing I feel we do is we build community within our schools, make sure our students feel supported, welcomed, um, have a place to go if they need guidance, in addition to all of their faculty, of course, but also create a community of trust amongst the faculty uh, that we're all in this together, we're all trying to figure out kind of what the best steps we need to take are for our students. Yeah, Kyle said it. I think, you know, of the, in my average work week, 90% of it is just relations with people and and improving or keeping up relationships with other offices, with faculty, with students to make things smooth. Um, You know, I I had thought of it before I got into administration as lots of 
signatures and approvals and processing paperwork, and there's some of that, um, although very little actual authority to do much. Um, it's it, for me at least, it really is about uh, people and managing those relationships. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, if I have to define what a dean is, I would say the person who gets the best office <laughs> and works hard to look busy. <laughs> um, now, going back, um, yeah, I, I, I think if I, if I need to think my, how I allocate my time, I would say um, relationships is the, the, the largest amount of time. Uh, we work on a strategic planning, we work as managers, general managers of the school and in external relations. So working with, with industry, uh, with other stakeholders outside our schools and outside the university. Okay. So what is the interactions like between professors with you guys and then also students? So I think we're one of the first lines of defense that a faculty member kind of comes to when they have unique ideas. This podcast is a very good example, I think, of just an idea that a faculty member had at some point or alongside with a student, and they need support going about to do it. Normally they would go to their dean or their dean's office first to kind of say, this is something that I'm interested in doing. What kinds of supports or guidance can you give me? Uh, a lot of the study abroad trips that you see usually have uh, some sort of interaction with deans uh, on the approval process. Uh, so it's all about kind of being the behind the scenes person with the faculty to kind of help with the logistics to make these unique student experiences happen. In addition to the usual things, making sure that there's someone at the front of the class teaching. Um, and as far as with students go, I often make the joke, students don't come to see me when they're happy. They come to see me when they're upset uh, about something. So that's certainly a, a, a big part of the job, certainly is dealing with uh, you know, the not so fun things uh, that happen within our walls. But uh, for the most part, the most rewarding part of the job is when a student does come to you with an idea or wants to share uh, their praise of a faculty member. Uh, that's probably the most rewarding interaction with students we get to have. On the faculty side, it's often trying to balance what's best for the school compared to what's best for individual faculty and departments. Um, so as a colleague, I want to grant every request that a faculty member brings to me, but reality is there are limited resources, and if I grant one request, it means I'm going to have to decline another one later down the road. Um, and so trying to make those judgment calls often, you know, nine months in advance of when I might get another request is the less happy part about interacting with faculty because they're all good ideas. They're all, you know, thinking about what's best for their units and, um, yeah, having to learn to say no um, and do it in a way that leaves people feeling minimally angry if you can, right, mm -hmm. I think is part of it. And as Kyle said, the, the student directions are often when they're in a really bad place and sometimes it's having the hard conversations so faculty don't have to and, and being the, the person saying no. Um, but every once in a while we get to work miracles too and um, like scholarship a student in when they might otherwise have to pay a tuition surcharge that they really don't deserve to have to pay for one reason or another. Um, and so occasionally we get to do happy things for students too. I used to joke when I was a professor that once you become a dean, professors don't talk to you anymore. Um, 
and it is sort of true. <laughs> um, the, the way I see myself is I, I am a problem solver. Um, and I love having students coming over to my office, uh, chatting about their what they want to do, um, and then for me to figure out how to make that happen. And same for, same for, for our professors. Um, I love chatting with them to, about their ideas and then solving problems if there are issues. And, and yeah, so, some of those conversations sometimes are not pleasant because the issues are, are very serious. But overall, I, I'm, I am very informal. Uh, before we were talking about, okay, so how do you refer to, to the person? Uh, I, I am Diego, and I am Diego for the professors, and I am Diego also to the students. As a student, I feel as though this makes me more comfortable in wanting to approach you all. You know, the title Dean sometimes maybe makes students back away a little bit, but I definitely would feel comfortable. So as a follow-up question, where are your offices on campus? How could students find you? So my office uh, is in the CETA IDE building. Uh, which stands for Innovation Design Education, which no one appears to know on campus, but that's what it stands for. Uh, it's on the second floor, room 230. Beautiful building, beautiful office space. Love to have students come by. Always plenty of candy and coffee there. I'm on the first floor, Robert Frost. You walk in the main entrance, there's an office suite to the left. I'm in 103B. Um, I have office hours and Frost on Thursday mornings, and Wednesday mornings I'm out at the Annex for our programs in communications, gaming, I think that's it out in the annex, but um, I'm out there sometimes too. I am in Webster Hall 101B. So, so again, going, going back to what we were saying, pl please come to our offices. Mm -hmm. we, we, we want to, to talk to, to the students. We want to have more conversations with them. Um, and we also have candy <laughs> in Webster Hall. <laughs> it's like trick-or-treating at these yeah. offices, basically. I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's not Halloween yet, but I'll, I'm coming. I'll grab some candy. Why not? When you guys were coming to SNU, what made it so appealing for you to come here versus where you already were originally? What stood out to you? Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, this is my 13th year here at SNHU, so I came here a long time ago, back when online was still... Uh, a smaller initiative and campus was only 1800 students but what it what appealed to me then uh, was the amazing opportunities we were giving our students and the mentorship that I received as a student I was a student as well here as an undergrad uh, and just the faculty taking taking me under their wing and people in the Dean's office uh, that really took to mentoring me and made me look at the work they do and say, this seems fun and rewarding and I want to do that. So I've fortunately been able to be here for this long, give the same experiences and mentorship to other students that I received. Uh, and I still feel like I'm new here. I, we, we're constantly evolving and changing. So I feel like I've just started my career here all the time when it, that's not so much the case. So I, uh, I happen to love it here very much. That's what's kept me here. People like Kyle are why I wanted to come here. People that really love this place and are loved by it and treated well. It's, um, compared to everywhere else I've been, it, it seems uniquely humane um, and focused on building people up, which is my perspective on good leadership. 
I also am from southern New Hampshire. Um, I've wanted to work close to home and be with, with my people. And as someone whose parents got married and had kids straight out of high school, this seemed like more my people than where I was before. Um, I could better connect with students that were here and needed help. What sealed the deal for me, part of my interview day was spending an hour at Inkwell with the game students that were working together from two different programs, game programming and game art, to produce and, and sell on Steam a video game. Um, and watching them work together, treat each other with respect in a team environment that I'm used to seeing in really well-constructed industrial environments um, or like a, you know in the fire service where you work together for a really long period of time in high-stress situations. To see that among undergrads was unique. I've never seen that before. I walked out of that hour feeling like I wanted this job and wasn't going to take another one. <laughs> like this was where I was coming. I agree. When I, when I was interviewing, I, I could tell that I would like this place and, and uh, these two and a half months that, uh, that I've been here, it, it is the people that, that make the difference. For me also, and this would be true for any job, but I think in particular what I saw is the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of the students, to make a difference in the lives of our faculty and our staff. And there are many opportunities, and, and, and that is indeed one of the main reasons. The other part of the equation is that my family had been living here for three years before I moved here, and so I was traveling back and forth from upstate New York every week. And um, so, so that made a difference too. When it comes to being a dean, I have two questions here. What is the most fulfilling part, and what is your vision for the future? So the most fulfilling part for me kind of goes to back what I discussed a few moments ago, which is when you're either directly having those interactions with students where they're telling you how a faculty member has changed their life, or you're kind of that behind-the-scenes person making sure that an opportunity is given to students via their faculty, via staff members, and seeing it through to completion. One example would be we worked really hard over the last couple of years uh, in CETA, but also in my time in the School of Business before building these uh, study abroad trips for students. So to see those go from you know your first info session where students are you know, look frightened at the opportunity to travel to having them take that step off of the airplane and say, I'm signing up for my next one immediately, which happened on one of the trips that I went to. So those are, those are the experiences that have meant the most to me uh, in my time here. Uh, and as far as the future goes, it's all about supporting our students coming out of a difficult time with the pandemic and remote learning. So we're still getting used to making sure our students are supported inside outside of the classroom, making sure they have that sense of belonging here. Uh, so in addition to our usual work of making sure that our programs are at the cutting edge, we, only, we also need to make sure that our current students, once they're here, uh, are supported and feel, feel at home. I get the most satisfaction out of being part of a team. Um, and so making things happen for folks, like Kyle said, that, that obviously is fulfilling and leaves you feeling good at the end of the day. My, my favorite moments are working with, with these guys and we had a great two-hour meeting yesterday thinking about the future of STEM on campus and different ways that every discipline can connect with it. And that type of a brainstorming session with people that I care a lot about focused on the same goals, working in tandem, learning more about each other and figuring out how we fit, that to me is 
Like, that's my best day, right? I love that work. It's totally off the wall. But I spent last Friday afternoon building a piece of furniture for one of our art classrooms, and that was awesome. That was, like, the best <laughs> afternoon since I started in July. Um, it was, like, you know, circular saws and routers and clamps, and it felt, felt very me. So it was a fun afternoon. But more seriously, uh, working as part of this team has been really rewarding. To me, it is solving complex problems. I, lo I love solving problems. I see myself as still as a scientist. I was a scientist as, as faculty, but I, I do see myself still like that, uh, taking that scientific approach to, to management and solving the problems that we face. And doing that, not by myself, but but with a team, with Kyle and Ben and Kara, Prochek and Don Brzezinski, and everyone here on campus and with the faculty, with the staff. I, again, working to solve complex problems, that is, I, I enjoy that. Um, in terms of what I see for the future, I see ourselves fostering cross-disciplinary competencies competencies that complement and enhance artificial intelligence and other modern technologies. Um, I see ourselves working closer together, the three schools, and the three schools together also, also with the global campus. I think that is our future and, and I would what I would like to, to keep working on. But the, that cross-school, cross-disciplinary pieces I think really important to focus on and the, the, what makes I think a career successful right like if you want to get into podcasting right you, you won't someday become the owner of a great podcasting network um, or an executive NPR because you are a particularly excellent podcaster right you're gonna you're gonna reach that goal because you also know about business and you understand the science of the recording technology right it's that cross-disciplinary set of skills that makes people stand out and become successful in their lives. You know, being the best chemist is never going to make you like the most successful person in a chemistry firm, right? Um, if that's a thing. Oh, sounds great. I love your visions for our future and what you're doing on campus here. And is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we... Just come, come see us, uh, you know, we want to have we want to have students in our offices our doors are always open that's when we can be our most creative uh, is when students come uh, and talk to us about their ideas or the things that they like that's happening on campus or the things that they don't like but have solutions that they need help uh, with executing so just take the time to stop by thank you all for being here and sharing your insight this is the code design podcast You've been listening to the co-designed episode of Meet the Deans, featuring Diego Nocetti, Dean of the School of Business, Kyle Viator, Dean of the School of Engineering, Technology, and Aeronautics, and Ben Cole, Dean of the School of Arts, Sciences, and Education. Co-designed is a CTL podcast. Thanks for listening.